Uh, well, perhaps we could turn for a few moments to the book of Philippians, uh, to chapter 4, uh, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, somebody, in fact, it was Bishop Lightfoot who said that Philippians is a monument of the power of the gospel, yields uh, in importance to none of the apostolic writings. Now, that's quite a recommendation for the book of Philippians. This chapter, I think, bears out that uh, eulogy, if I could put it like that. And uh, it's a chapter which uh, uh, reveals very strong affection on the part of the apostle, high regard for the people, um, talks about mutual support as well in this chapter. But I think uh, these words of practical counsel in verse 6 and 7 are outstanding. You have repeated them, maybe preached on them, some of you that are listening in, certainly prayed over them, I'm sure. And uh, they are words just that soothe, uh, pour oil on troubled waters. Uh, if we could put it like that. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, there are three things I think we can observe from the text. First of all, there's this serious problem. And the serious problem is a problem of anxiety. It's not the word that's used in the English translation we're reading from, but it's really what is meant when the apostle talks about being careful. Um, we have to sound a word of caution, I think, because the text does not say be careful about nothing, because in one sense we've got to be careful about everything. We have to be careful about our motives. And Philippians 1 touches on that, the motivation for preaching Christ, uh, whether it's... Um, for one reason or another, or whether it's for sincere reasons that we do it, uh, is it for envy or is it for jealousy or whatever? We've got to be very careful about our message as well, because in chapter three, Paul talks about those who were enemies of the cross of Christ. And uh, of course, we have to be very careful about our mindset as well. The, the next verse bears that out. It says the things that are good and honest and, and pure and lovely we are to think on those things, or to let those things sink down deep and permeate uh, our style of thinking. So the text does not say be careful about nothing. That's a word of caution. There's also a word of clarification here because um, the word careful, as we've already noted, uh, has to do with anxiety. And it comes from a wee word in the original, which means to be pulled in different directions. Anxiety is our being pulled about by the cares of this life. And boy, oh boy, are there enough of them in your personal life, in your church life, in the political life of our respective nations and things that are happening in other parts of the world. We are worried and we're troubled. The word worry in an English, in the English, comes from an old English term, which means to strangle. And it really is a reference to the practice of wolves, the habit of wolves and killing sheep, that they bit the sheep round the sheep rather round the neck. So anxiety can be a very deadly thing. And that's why we need to uh, heed the word uh, of caution and this word of clarification. There's something else here about this problem. There is a word of command. It's very, very simple and it's very, very clear. And I know what we'll all be saying when we read it. Easier said than done, but it can be done because we are told, and it must be done because it's a command. It says, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. Don't let your heart be divided uh, and distracted 
Because when that happens, we display a lack of faith in God, his good intention towards us, and I think his ability to meet our needs. The Bible says, whatever is not of faith is sin. So by the grace of God, somehow we've got to learn to put away those things which um, disturb our concentration, which distract us, which eat away at our spiritual life, and uh, which um, undermine our spiritual stability. The serious problem. The second thing here is a very simple prescription. God always has a solution for the problems of life. He's never at a loss. And God's cure for our care is really very, very simple. If I could sum it up briefly, it says, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And when Paul tells us that, he, he goes on then to use four words just to explain what he means. The first word is prayer. He says, in everything by prayer. That comes from the old term prosuke in the Greek. It means uh, prayer that is directed only to God. And it's really got to do with direction. Um, in church life, I'm sure some of you have met with those that uh, <laughs> those that pray sideways, as we say, or maybe maybe give the Lord vital information or, or do as one preacher used to say, teach God systematic theology. No, no, it's not about that. It's about directing our thoughts and our feelings heavenward, not sideways, but up the way. Uh, my voice, said the psalmist, shall thou hear in the morning. In the morning, I will direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. So we don't want to be informing others. We want to be unburdening our hearts to the great God of heaven. Second word is supplication. And that, of course, is a petition for a special object. The word prayer speaks about directness. I think the word supplication speaks about definiteness. And one thing I've learned in recent years, particularly and in church life, is that if you pray generally, God answers generally. If you pray with detail, then God answers with detail. It's a matter of spreading out the whole matter before God, like Hezekiah with the letter in the letter of the enemy in the temple. Or like Christ, greater example, the Bible says, in the days of his flesh, we offered up prayers and supplications with crying and tears unto him. There's the direction. Here's the desire unto him who was able to save him from death. And the other word that Paul uses here is the word thanksgiving. It uses prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. That speaks about the delight that prayer should be. You know, we would really be at a loss. In fact, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say, what would the point of life be? What would the point of ministry be? What would the point of living be if we couldn't pray? And, uh, just to be able to pray is a wonderful, wonderful thing. To be able to address the God of the universe and to know that he actually cares about what we have to say. So we should be offering our prayers and supplications with thanksgiving. We should be thankful that we can actually approach this God. Are we thankful? Somebody said this, half our worries would melt away if we began to thank God. A really thankful heart is so crowded with a sense of God's mercies that it can offer no hospitality to worry and care. So the third thing I draw your attention to briefly here is a satisfying pleasure. Because when we pray and when we offer up our supplications and our thanksgivings and our requests, just telling the Lord exactly what it is we need and we want, 
something happens, something rather wonderful happens. It tells us in verse 7 that the peace of God comes flooding and which passes understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. In answer to our prayers, God imparts a peace that preserves us against permanent damage even when the going is tough. And you'll mark here, first of all, that the prayer is, or the peace rather, is a sacred thing. Um, we pass over these words, repeat them without really re understanding sometimes just how special they are. It's not just peace from God, and it's not just peace with God that we have, of course. It's the peace of God. God himself, our God, is at peace uh, because God has nothing lacking in his character. He's his own satisfying portion. Nothing troubles him. He never gets anxious. He never gets worried. He never frets. He never gets disturbed. He never wonders to himself, how am I going to deal with that one? But, and so he can impart to us a measure of what he has himself. And inward, that inward tranquility that defies description. The peace of God is sacred. It's also strong because we're told here that it keeps us it guards our hearts and minds. And I think we could say it guards us against distraction. Uh, as Paul goes on to say, and uh, is it in verse 5, let your moderation be known unto all men. And then the peace of God guards us against discontentment. The very same man could talk, talk about this. He had it by experience because despite all this, the troubles that he had and all the terrible things that happened to him in ministry uh, and the ups and downs, perils, etc., etc., which he catalogs elsewhere, he says, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. There's a lovely prayer that's offered by members of the Episcopal Church every day. It runs like this. Give us minds always contented with our present condition. And maybe we could make that our prayer as well. And then the peace of God also guards us against discouragement. It reinvigorates us somehow. We, we rise to the challenges that come our way. And in the words of verse 13, we say, yes, even though this is hard, here is Christ on my side. I can do it. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. We could say that personally or collectively as a church, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what happens when the peace of God comes. And it comes, of course, through the Savior himself. There is no true peace except in the one who made peace by the blood of his cross. So these are very wonderful words. Philippians 4 verse 7. There's a serious problem, that's anxiety. There's a simple prescription, we pray. And then there is a satisfying pleasure. The peace of God, which passes understanding, shall, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I hope that I'd be able to enter into the experience of it. It's much easier to preach it than to practice it, but we can do both by the grace of God. Amen.